leaving the hospital three and a half days later after presenting with pneumonia that they wanted to pretend was COVID because they get $39,000 from the federal government if he is vented or dies. That's a fact, guys. That's been going on for 19 months now. They get $39,000 if you can get a vent down their trach. So why wouldn't they want to? Why would they question it? They all want to keep their jobs, right? See, they drove all these uh, healthcare facilities into the red, verging on bankruptcy. And then they offered them, because they canceled all the, you know, optional surgeries and procedures. And so drive them to the very edge of bankruptcy and then dangle in front of them $39,000. If you vent somebody, why wouldn't they vent somebody? Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, Robin Openshaw here. I'm the Green Smoothie Girl online. And this is my Robin's review of all things virus and vaccine. And we're going to go fire hose today. I have a lot to talk about. I want to review for you the seven things that I have written up and given to my family so that if I were ever hospitalized, they don't give me the terrible standard of care that everybody else is getting in the hospital right now. They're killing lots and lots and lots of people. Okay. You think that COVID is killing people. In fact, really, really bad standard of care, which is set by the authoritarian dictating all medicine all over the globe. Anthony Fauci is actually dictating care and it's costing lots and lots of lives. And I think that's really clear now. I wouldn't have said that six months ago, but my research leads me to that conclusion. I'm not the only one. There are lots and lots of people like me with terminal degrees and lots of background in uh, medicine and physical and mental health who are coming to the same conclusions. So I'm going to go through the seven things that you, I'm not, I'm not going to give you medical advice. You decide what you give as a, as you present to a hospital, but things will move very quickly if you are ever hospitalized with a respiratory biological weapon or whatever it is you think is going on right now. I personally think there's a man-made virus going on. We won't go sideways on that, but I want to share with you the seven things that when I had COVID for two weeks, I wrote up and I gave it to my next of kin. I gave it to my family. My husband was also sick and I thought he doesn't really have like a real pusher personality and he's also sick. So if I ended up in the hospital, he might not be the best person to advocate for me. Plus, I didn't really see him personality-wise being one to go up against a bunch of people in white coats who act very, very authoritative. So I'm going to share with you those seven things. They're also going to be down below. I'm going to copy and paste them down below and you can take them and do whatever you want with them. I'm not giving you medical advice. I am not a me- medical doctor. Um, I'm going to share that with you. First of all, I want to talk to you about my obsession with ivermectin and why. Okay, I'm not going to cover in great detail why all over the world it's become really, really clear that people are literally eliminating their problem with COVID if they just use ivermectin, if they just give people ivermectin long before they even get to the hospital or even when they get to the hospital. It's literally 85% effective as a prophylactic. Do I think everybody needs to take ivermectin prophylactically, which means preventatively? No. However, I think it's a smart thing to have on hand, and I'm going to tell you why. If they're right now, and they clearly are trying to keep you from having access to it here in the first world, at least, they don't seem to care whether Latin America has it. And Latin America has wiped out COVID. India, all the states in India that are using iver- ivermectin uh, in treatment and prophylactically are wiping COVID out. 
Um, but I am going to talk about how if they bring it back or they try to resell it to us two months from now or four months from now or whatever as the new and improved ivermectin, I wouldn't get, I would, I would socially distance myself from that drug. You couldn't pay me to take that drug. So I'm going to cover all of that. I also want to tell you that my next episode is going to be awesome. I used to teach at the university level. My background is that I am trained as a psychologist. I was a psychotherapist, but I also was a college professor. And um, many years ago, I used to teach a combination of U.S. uh, economics and U.S. history and civics. So I'm going to talk to you in the next episode. Don't miss it. The things that I believe are going to be worth far, far more than the money you paid for them now, like crazy black market money, potentially some of them, that are both things that are going to be worth way more than the money you could have spent on them now. And they are things that will be worth an possibly an insane amount on the the black market, but also they're good preparedness items. So that's going to be my next episode. Don't miss that one. But let's get right into it. I have been obsessed with ivermectin. In the last week, I've made it a priority to ask on all the platforms that I have, hey, what do you guys know about the soil organism that was isolated in Japan that they used to molecularly alter it and make ivermectin? Because And and mostly what people wanted to do is they wanted to tell me, "I, I heard this works for COVID and this supplement worked great for my sister. And I was like, not interested. (laughs) I mean, I've heard so many hundreds of claims about this product and that product, not interested. Thanks everybody. Thank you. I know you meant well, not what I want to know. When we have as much slam dunk evidence that taking a drug prophylactically that can eliminate 85% of the COVID cases, you know, there's that study in Argentina that 400 frontline healthcare workers didn't take anything and 58% of them got COVID because they're you know, face-to-face with COVID patients all the time, and 800 were given ivermectin and zero cases of COVID happened in those 800 taking ivermectin prophylactically. I'm sorry, but that and many other studies that I've seen make me want to know what is it about ivermectin? And since most pharmaceutical drugs are something that occurs in nature that they take and they tweak it molecularly, because it has to be molecularly different from the natural compound for them to be able to patent it and make billions of dollars, what is the natural version of ivermectin? And I've been really obsessed with that this week. And I asked, you know, on Facebook, and then I went to 300 uh, of the of all the influencers you follow who are standing up to the virus and the vaccine scams that you've been seeing for the last year and a half. I went to them and a Dr. Erickson gave me the molecular structure. because I was saying, I want to see the molecular structure of ivermectin and I want to compare it to the closest thing I can find just from people telling me, but no one's proved it to me yet, is that wormwood may have the same, the same effect on COVID. So wormwood, also known as artemisinin, natural plant-based compound that may have similar effects. It's also an uh, anti-parasite supplement that you can easily get. I, so far, I'm not done. And if I learn anything, that's a slam dunk. I will bring it to you guys. I have a PhD chemist working on this right now, taking a look at the molecular structure of artemisinin or wormwood, which is an herb, and comparing it to the molecular structure of ivermectin. I know that pharmaceutical companies try to make it very, very impossible for you to be able to Google search and find out what the natural compound is that's almost molecularly identical to the pharmaceutical product. I mean, obviously, it'd be worth their time, right, since they want to make billions of dollars, um, but, but they, can't make a, they can't make billions of dollars on ivermectin. Even Merck, 
who owns ivermectin is trying to deep six ivermectin right now because they want to bring a patented drug through the emergency use authorization process. And soon they will be coming out with all kinds of drugs they want to sell us. I'm already seeing like the pre-sales marketing going on, which is really interesting, but I don't trust it. And here's the thing. If they're working so hard to eliminate our access to this incredible life-saving drug, which has probably saved millions of lives from malaria alone, that's why it's on the World Health Organization's list, short list of essential medicines. That's why it got a Nobel Prize in 2015. It's not under patent anymore. It can't make anybody billions of dollars. So they don't want you to have it because it works and nobody's going to make billions of dollars. So that's really at the heart of all of it. And I'll probably like get booted from YouTube for this. Down below, I'm going to share with you the seven, the seven things that I have written up that if I am hospitalized, which I do not anticipate being. So I'm really writing this for your benefit in case my research helps you in some way. I'm not saying you should copy and paste this and print it out. And you know, you can change it in any way you want, but based on my research, these are the seven things that my family and my assistant, whoever was functioning and conscious and assertive enough to give it to people, to people right as I admit to the hospital that I wrote up mostly for you guys. I was never really, I, I was never in any danger of being hospitalized. However, I had a friend who was a doctor who had been in the hospital from COVID recently and he was calling me every day and he was like, Are, do you have a, a pulse ox? And no, we went and got a pulse ox. Our, our oxygen was fine. It was in the nineties. Um, you know, we were getting up and moving around. I mean, that's the big thing. If you're up and moving around, you're not likely to have oxygen saturation down in the 60s, 70s, 50s, whatever that can do brain damage. Um, so we got a pulse oximeter. We got, uh, we got a nebulizer and you're nebulizing hydrogen peroxide in water. So we did those things, but we, we didn't really get on it until late. I take, you know, smallish amounts of zinc and vitamin C. I was burning the candle at both ends pretty hard. We had just moved from Utah to Florida. If you're going, Oh, Robin, you do so many healthy things and you got it. You were really quite sick for two weeks. Like this makes me more scared of COVID. Don't be. Okay. I was under so much fierce stress. I was under terrible stress. Um, we were working physically really hard. We were, cha- we, we were on a, on crowded airplanes for an entire day right before we got sick. So two days after I was on that airplane full of, of jabbed people, we got it. I, my guess is just that they were you know, shedding virus from their vaccines. So that's probably how we got it. But, you know, we were never anywhere near being hospitalized, but I'm going to put those seven things down below in case they help you. And I'm going to read them to you. But my obsession with ivermectin has led me to take a look at the molecular structure of wormwood. If I can find any other um, natural substance that is extremely close molecularly and some evidence shows that it works like ivermectin does, I'll absolutely share it with you guys. I am sorry to say I don't have any confidence in any natural compound yet being in a bottle that you could buy at a health food store or online that's almost identical to ivermectin. I did find that the the uh, streptomycin soil organism that they isolated in Japan, that it is actually probably the ferments of that soil organism that they then turned into ivermectin. So my hope is kind of slipping away that we'll be able to find some kind of supplement you can buy that'll do the same thing without the uh, difficulty getting it because 
it's a controlled substance and you have to get a doctor to prescribe it. And more and more physicians are refusing to prescribe it because they're afraid that they're going to lose their license or get turned in or be investigated by their licensing authority or have their insurance be looked into. This is what these doctors are terrified of. And every, I get so frustrated every time I see somebody on Facebook going, can you guys tell me a doctor that will write me an exemption, a medical exemption for the jab? Or can you tell me a doctor who will write me a prescription for ivermectin? Like, please don't post these things online. If you find a doctor who will do one of those two things, they're absolutely jeopardizing their career right now. That's the insanity that we live in is that it's only really brave physicians who will do right by their patients, regardless of the fact that, you know, I have a friend who's an emergency room doctor in Texas who got a threatening letter from the overlords in his hospital saying, don't you dare prescribe ivermectin. And he's doing it anyway. So he's totally jeopardizing his career. And he's got kids he's still raising, you know, still got a mortgage payment. So don't, don't jeopardize these people when they do something courageous for you and they do something really nice for you like that and they stick their neck out for you like that. Don't jeopardize that by putting it out on online. That's just putting them in danger. We truly are in a dangerous situation. And these healthcare practitioners are few and far between who will give you a prescription and then you got the problem of the pharmacy. So who do you go to for the pharmacist and get it now? If you're listening to this now, get the freaking ivermectin now because if they bring it back in two months, after trying to cut off all access to it. I mean, it's like banned in Australia and we're an inch from that here. So get it now. I have a prescription coming to me in the mail. Thank God I finally got my practitioner back in Utah. I don't even have a doctor. So that was part of my problem. Got my hormone practitioner back in Utah to give me a prescription. She also gave me a prescription on day eight of when we were sick, the first half of August. And we did get it and it was only a seven day it was only seven days worth of it. And of course I shared some with John. And so I only had a few days worth, um, but we're just, we're just keeping it for prophylaxis or for someone close to us who we think needs it. Um, it's just part of our preparedness. And so I think right now getting some right now is a good idea. I am amazed at all the holistic people, none of whom are saying, well, what is this made from? Can we get this in a natural supplement form? It's amazing to me that nobody's asking that. In fact, Somebody I know well, and I won't say who, you probably know who she is too, because I know a lot of the, you know, a lot of the very well-known health and wellness people, the people who write the best-selling New York Times, best-selling, you know, books out there. You know, I'm not going to say this. A lot of them are my good friends. One of them like got sick for like two minutes and I knew she had like 10 prescriptions of ivermectin. And she like wrote me in this big panic saying, I've got to get some hydroxychloroquine. And I said, no, you do not. You have ivermectin. Like, come on, after all these years of studying how all pharmaceuticals have toxic side effects, I think ivermectin is safer than Tylenol or aspirin. I think it's a very safe medication as pharmaceuticals go. I want to take it every day prophylactically. Like if I was, you know, if I had a lot of health problems and I was really scared of it and I hadn't had COVID yet. I might take it like twice a week. I might do that. Um, but she was like, I have to get hydroxychloroquine. I said, I happen to know from you telling me many times that you literally have 10 prescriptions of ivermectin. Don't take hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. You don't know how much overlap there is. You don't know if you're doubling up on toxicity to your kidneys from both those drugs. She was like, oh, okay, good, good. Thanks. And she didn't even have COVID. She like got the sniffles or something for a day or two. 
So I just want to tell you what I'm working on with regard to ivermectin. I wish I could end this story with the fact that I know exactly where it came from and here's where you can get it. And it's only $3. I wish that that's how this story ended. But bottom line is I do think there are a lot of um, supplemental things you can do to be strong against it. The best thing you can do is, hey, I know. I wasn't even intending to say this, but you guys know we're about to do the nine day green smoothie challenge. By the time you're hearing this, we're probably already in it. Join us. Nine days of being supported. We now have 16,000 people in our Facebook group ready to go. October 4th, it starts, but it's fine if you start late. Join the nine day challenge. It's greensmoothiegirl.com slash green smoothie challenge slash fall. Okay. Cause it's our fall challenge. We do it twice a year. So we're just kind of getting you back back on the wagon, back into your court a day of green smoothie. I, I don't know how you could do a better preventative. Okay. You're oxygenating your body. You're making sure you're not deficient in critical nutrients. Okay. You're giving yourself five to 10 servings of greens when the average American doesn't even eat one. Um, throw some other things in there. You know, we'll teach you like adding aloe vera or fresh ginger. Um, we throw a lime in and then we hardly put any fruit in ours. There might be in the whole blender half a banana and a cup of berries and berries are low in sugars and the whole rest of it is greens and and some ginger and some aloe vera. That's a great green smoothie. That's our go-to. So let's see if I've missed anything. Streptomycin is the the soil organism. Uh, I want to tell you that a friend of mine who has been working in the healthcare field, she's been selling Uh, diabetic supplies for 17 years. She just quit her job. And she said, it's because she said, you would not believe how they are recalling all of the diabetic products and they are replacing them with who knows what. And she's so upset by it and so convinced that they're just replacing all the diabetic products with highly toxic products because there's a cull going on and they want the diabetics gone. She believes that's a lot of why you see just diabetics are dying of COVID. Why is that? Well, maybe it's because all their beds just got replaced. Now, I realize that that's very much um, sounds like conspiracy theory. It's not my conspiracy theory. It's my friend who gave up her her uh, 17-year career selling diabetic supplies because she didn't want to be a part of it anymore. She was so completely convinced that they were removing all the products on the market and replacing it uh, with toxic versions Right. So once somebody trusts this drug, you bring in something that has some terrible additives in it. I don't know, like graphene. I just read a story today about how graphene is, it's, it's good as a carrier of an antibacterial because it can get to the cells. It looks to me like they're propagandizing graphene oxide so that we all accept it as, Oh, this was always here. Oh, we're, we've always been putting these in medications. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. And they're kind of seeding the soil. Because they know that Americans are starting to figure out that an undisclosed ingredient in all four of the COVID vaccines, okay, Moderna, Pfizer, J&J, AstraZeneca, all four of the main ingredient is graphene oxide. Why? So now they're after the fact, and we've seen them do this for 19 months now, we've seen them do this when, you know, there's some public relations nightmare, then they go and they start getting articles into the media so they can go, oh, no, look, it's in other medicines, so... You know, and I read this article about how it's a carrier for an anti, you know, an antibiotic type compound to get into the cells. And I read it and it never says anything about what about the fact that it's a known carcinogen? What about the fact 
that graphene oxide is known to cause cancer in humans? What about the fact that it's known metallic magnetic substance? Right as we're rolling out 5G, you don't want to have magnetic crap in your body when they roll out 5G. That's like literally quantum level higher amounts of EMF and ELF radioactive frequencies. So, all right, I am going to go through what I kind of put this together after talking to Kate Dolly when I was sick the first half of August. First four days, I was only half sick. In fact, I moved, I moved my stuff that got, arrived from Utah. And I moved my stuff in here uh, near Jacksonville on day four. I was only half sick. I even worked out every day. Day five, it really nailed me. And I was really sick for a week and a half. So I should have taken it more seriously. I was working too hard, not sleeping enough. Um, that day that we were on the plane, we ate nothing but crap because we couldn't take green smoothies into the airport. And we were there all day, delayed flights. And all I was left with was what garbage they had. I should have planned better. I actually did have green smoothies. And I left them in the fridge at our place in Utah. Kate Dolly, who is a radio talk show host in Utah, the same day that I got sick, was in the hospital with her husband, Clint. And she had to be his decision maker in his voice. And even though she went into a hospital in St. George, Utah, I won't name the hospital because they have been very ugly and threatening with her. Not even going to name the hospital. She did nothing wrong in talking about her experience there. Um, But then I had another friend who had a horrible experience there. And it's the same thing. It's that they're doing Tony Fauci's protocol, which is a terrible protocol. And it's put everybody on remdesivir, which is very clearly proven not to work. And it costs $3,000 per treatment. Okay. So you could get a $3 ivermectin, but they won't let you have it. Your doctor, if he's bought in on this whole thing and doesn't have the critical thinking skills to see how poorly remdesivir has worked for anyone, If there's people who survive remdesivir, I guess that's good enough for a lot of our doctors and nurses. I'll tell you what, my opinion of a lot of doctors and nurses has gone downhill. If they are out there defending remdesivir, like get them to give you a reason. I've gotten in lots of conversations with them and none of them have anything to say about it. They just disappear in the conversation after they throw a turd in the punch bowl and they, you know, like say something to gaslight you and make you feel like you're a conspiracy theorist and something's wrong with you. They can't defend the use of remdesivir. Tony Fauci gave two links to studies, both of which had horrible outcomes for remdesivir. And then we've been using it in every hospital in America for 19 months. The nurses and doctors can't really dispute it. They can't go against the grain. They all have to just follow the program. Well, one of those studies that Tony Fauci sent everybody to shows that, and it was by the maker of remdesivir, that 30% of the people put on it died. And so they had to cancel it. They literally had to cancel the study, take people off the remdesivir. It was that toxic. It was causing kidney failure. Okay, so if you know somebody who died in a hospital and, and it was caused by kidney failure, it's not a guarantee that it was caused by remdesivir, but I sure would be asking. Okay, were they a COVID patient, but they died of, of kidney failure? That's not related to COVID. That's related to remdesivir. Uh, Kate was in the hospital with her husband and the first thing they did, that's the thing is you, you go in the door and they're rushing you and they're starting to do stuff to you that you may or may not want. And so that's how I ended up writing up these seven things because I wasn't afraid of COVID and I wasn't afraid of dying. I was afraid of entering the machine that is the hospital where they're not allowed to give the care your doctor thinks you should have. 
They have to give everybody the same thing. It's one size fits all and it's killing people. So here are my seven things that I think are important. Number one, no vent under any circumstances. So everybody close to me was told, okay, my, my brother who's the executor of my estate, my sister, my parents, they knew this. My husband knew this. My assistant knew this. No vent under any circumstances. If you're really sure I'm going to die and I am not a DNR, I'm not a do not resuscitate, okay, then get permission from my family. And if you get it from them, then crank up the fentanyl. You want to let me die comfortably, but do not stick a plastic tube down my throat after dosing me with sedatives and paralytics. No vent. That's number one. Number two, no remdesivir under any circumstances. Enough said. I think I've covered that. Number three, please give me ivermectin. Okay, if you won't, my family has it and they will give it to me. Number four, please give me an IV bag of vitamin C every day. And yes, it does work. Hundreds of published studies show high efficacy against infection. And and Kate Daly had to fight with them over remdesivir. She had to fight with them about the vent. Her husband didn't need it. He didn't even have COVID. She felt he just had a regular pneumonia. She said he had multiple comorbidities, um, overweight, uh, borderline diabetic, has cardiac disease. Okay, so there's some lifestyle issues there. And so she had to go do battle for him. And they, they immediately wanted to tell her, this was very disturbing to me. They immediately wanted to tell her, you don't get to speak for him. Luckily, he was cogent and he said, actually, she does speak for me and I don't want the vent. So he was not vented. Uh, when they checked out of the hospital later, she was told that she is the only one who's pushed back on the treatment in 19 months of treating COVID. And by the way, they did not mean that as a compliment. That was not a compliment as they were walking out three and a half days later, which they also said, Clint leaving the hospital three and a half days later after presenting with pneumonia that they wanted to pretend was COVID because they get $39,000 from the federal government if he is vented or dies. That's a fact, guys. That's been going on for 19 months now. They get $39,000 if you can get a vent down their trach. So why wouldn't they want to? Why would they question it? They all want to keep their jobs, right? See, they drove all these uh, healthcare facilities into the red, verging on bankruptcy. And then they offered them, because they canceled all the you know, optional surgeries and procedures, and so drive them to the very edge of bankruptcy and then dangle in front of them $39,000 if you vent somebody. Why wouldn't they vent somebody? And they were also given permission to vent some, just vent everybody. Just vent everybody if you think it's COVID. In fact, call it COVID if you think it's COVID. You don't even have to test them. That was completely legal per the CDC that all these healthcare facilities could just, if you saw one or two symptoms, they said this. If you saw one or two symptoms that kind of looks like COVID, you go ahead and call it COVID and we'll give you all the money. Okay. A COVID diagnosis is worth 13,000 bucks. A vented or dead patient is worth $39,000. All right. So back to my list. She had to fight with them to get vitamin I, vitamin C in an IV. And of course, what, you know, hospital type healthcare workers are going to say is that doesn't work. They're going to roll their eyes. They're going to think of you as one of those silly holistic people who just want to take vitamins and, and think that it solves all the problems. So you can tell them hundreds of published studies show efficacy against the infection of IV vitamin C, and they'll try to tell you they can't get it, but they can, they can. So polite smile, don't start with threats, but just insist on the care that your, your loved one needs. Right. 
Uh, so number five, this is another one that I don't hear anybody talking about, but they're going to try to put you on liquid steroids, which is going to massively suppress your immune system. So my list says no liquid steroids, only inhaled budesonide. Okay. That's way less systemic. That's going to suppress your immune system much less. If they feel like you need a steroid, then, then in what I wanted was only inhaled budesonide, which is far, far less long-term immune system suppressing than a liquid steroid. Okay. So no to liquid steroids. Yes to budesonide if you feel it's necessary. Again, all these are just, you can copy and paste down below. Make it yours. Please don't consider this medical advice. I am not a medical doctor. I am not giving medical advice. Number six, no antibiotics, unless you can prove a bacterial infection to my family, unless you can test for bacterial infection. And in my case, don't call a quick strep test. Don't tell my family that I have strep because I always test positive with a quick strep test. All those quick tests are pure fraud. I've been saying this for years and I think they're all bogus and the quick uh, PCR test is even more fraudulent than the PCR test in general is. So no antibiotics, unless you can prove that I have a bacterial infection to my family. Do I think the antibiotics have a place? Yes, I do. If I had bacterial meningitis, I would want an antibiotic right now. Okay. But the vast majority of the time, they're literally giving you a preventative antibiotic just in case it's bacterial when usually it's viral. And guess what? Antibiotics don't do anything against viruses. Never have, never will. And then number seven, the last one is, please keep me sitting up and active and walking around. Okay. One of the reasons that I didn't want to vent is that my friends who are healthcare practitioners are talking about, especially back in the beginning, a lot of these patients died because the healthcare workers wouldn't even go in their rooms and, and they pulled their vitals, uh, their, their, you know, monitors outside the room. They pulled their oxygen thing outside the room, their IVs just put long tubes on them and nobody even came in except once in a while, somebody would come in in a freaking hazmat suit and leave them their lunch with their pills. And so, of course, these people died. You know, every nurse knows that if it's a respiratory infection, you have to have these people moving. My friend who's a respiratory therapist said he spends most of his day turning his patients. Why? Because they're all obese and they're all on a vent because that's what they do for everybody. I sent him Dr. Artis's talk about remdesivir and vents and how remdesivir, uh, there's no evidence that it works for COVID. And he was just like, holy crap, we do this to everyone. And I'm like, I know, that's why I'm sending it to you. So he told me that he spends most of his time at work doing 12-hour shifts. And right now he's being offered extra shifts with a $1,000 bonus in addition to his compensation. These guys are making gangster money to do extra shifts. They're exhausted. A whole bunch of them are about to, not here in Florida, but a whole bunch of them are about to get fired because they won't, they won't get the death dart. So it's just going to make this that much worse that we're going to have exhausted, overworked healthcare workers who are being bribed with bribes they can't say no to. And do you think that they have extra time or energy to go fight with the hospital and throw themselves on the sword to say, hey, this standard of care protocol isn't working. It's terrible. We should stop giving people remdesivir. No, they're they're cog in the wheel. They have no power. So my number seven is please keep me sitting up, active and walking around a lot of why I don't want to be on a vent, that and the fact that they'd have to give you eight or nine paralytics and sedatives to calm you down enough to ram a plastic tube down your throat. You're next to dead. You're very next to dead. And that's a lot of why people end up dead. A majority of people end up dead if they're vented. Okay. People think it's because 
you're so far gone from COVID. No, it's because they gave you so many paralytics and sedatives. I mean, you get that just a little bit wrong for a person or they've just got a lot of, you know, weaknesses going on in their body. They just can't handle those hardcore drugs that sedate and paralyze them within an inch of death. Of course, most of them are going to die. So the last one is, you know, please keep me moving. Get me up and moving. If you don't have time to let my family do it. Let me have a family member in there and my family has been instructed, keep me moving. So I think that just having a list like that, you got to realize zero people who go to the hospital have a list like this and share it. So, you know, you don't want to come in guns blazing and act like they're your enemy. That's a bad idea, right? That's a bad idea in any setting where you're, you're helpless and they have all the power. That's, you know, go, go in there with all your best personality skills, but have this printed out and make sure your family members know where it is and make sure your family members know your wishes and present with that. How many people have died in these hospitals who didn't want remdesivir and really wanted ivermectin, but by the time they got to the hospital, they were too sick to be a good advocate for themselves. So those are the things I want to share with you. Please share this content. It's going to get me a strike on YouTube, if not deplatformed, but I think it's that important. I think this information is that important. And I'm recording this at the end of September, 2021. I am seeing the United States trying to deprive the people of this country of the most effective, safe medication that works to keep people out of the hospitals. Um, with COVID and the United States wants us to not have access to it. My guess is they are going to disappear it. And then they're going to bring us some patented expensive medications. They're going to try it and sell us on those. And they probably won't work as well. And for all I know, they will have some horrible ingredients in them, just like these uh, jabs do. So I hope that was useful to you. If you guys want the hardcore truth all day, every day, you got to get on my telegram channel. And how you do that is, because there's just a lot of things I can talk about and resources I can share on Telegram that I can't share on Facebook where I get sent to Facebook jail and I don't want my public figure page to go away and the, the figure, the, the pages where I support our crypto education program and the page where we support our nine day challengers and the green smoothie girl page. And I don't want all that to go away because I shoot my mouth off on Facebook so much. So I still do on my personal page and then I remove my posts after a few hours. And so it's kind of like mission impossible. This, this message will self-destruct in four hours, but on telegram where we are not being censored, I have now shared a thousand pieces of content that is stuff that will blow your mind. If you've been paying attention to CNN and Yahoo and the New York times and MSNBC This is the information they don't want you to know. And that's what I share in Telegram. So what you do is you download the Telegram Messenger app, okay, in the Apple store or wherever you get your apps, download it there. It's like a little turquoise triangle. And then my group, and I'll put this in the show notes down below too, is t.me. That's all Telegram. That's the prefix, t.me slash Robin Openshaw. So my group is just called Robin Openshaw, R-O-B-Y-N. Open, like open the door, Shaw. So I hope this was useful to you. My next episode is going to be about what's going on in the economy, why we are poised um, for a disaster, how you can prepare yourself. You don't have to be one of the ones who is, um, you know, hurt by this to the extent. I mean, it's going to be uncomfortable for all of us. I think that what's coming is going to be a big drag. 
for everybody involved. It hurts all of us when there's a gas shortage, but I'm going to share with you some things I think that you can invest your money in that will be worth way, way, way more than your dollars that you might have stuffed under your mattress or sitting in a safe or in a bank account. And I'm not saying you shouldn't keep dollars in a bank account. I'm, I'm a fan of having money in the bank. I'm a big fan of cryptocurrencies right now. Not all of them, but a few of them I think are good stores of value and digital currency. Um, we'll also share down below if you want to see my two hour webinar on uh, why I think you can get in on the upside of inflation and getting in now on uh, some specific cryptocurrencies that I think are safe and have a massive upside and are going to make a lot of people into millionaires who do not consider themselves wealthy at all right now. I will share that webinar down below. So you can jump into that if that interests you. Join us in the nine-day challenge. You can find that in the links down below too. And I will see you guys next time when I review some preparedness items that I don't think you've probably thought of. So I will see you then. 